helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, welcome back in. We're about quarter to two. Still to come, Tony Quinn, owner of um, the Topol International Motorsport Park, as well as Hampton Downs. We'll be chatting to him about the return of supercars to New Zealand, what he had to do to get it across the line. But Sammy, I want to pick your brain about about the Warriors, not just the Warriors, but an event in the Warriors. And because I've tweeted about the Warriors before, and I've got a few followers on Twitter in Australia few manly fans, and they just kept tweeting me the photo of that tackle of chance on the guy that decided to jump and take a bouncing ball, saying, oh, just saying all sorts of things that the Warriors got away with robbery. According to the rule book, the right decision was made. 100%, yeah, for sure. If he had been going up for a kick Mm. and chance clipped his ankles, different story. So can we split this into two? Conversations. The first one is about the fact that it is a, it, it is the rules. Actually, can we just explain what happened? You called oh, the well, game. So um, Daly Cherevins went for a field goal. Um, it got charged down. The ball's bouncing along the ground. And just at the last minute, it took this nasty bounce up in the air. And Ruben Garrick and Chancellor Klukstar was running full speed towards Ruben Garrick. And he jumped up in the air to grab that ball. And Chance took his legs out. He basically went horizontal and landed on his back from sort of quite high in the air. Um, he actually got injured as a result as well. And then the Warriors, and fu- not funnily enough, but we all thought, oh, okay, it's probably going to be a penalty. Not only was it not a penalty, it was the Warriors' ball because he knocked it on when he fell down to the ground or he sort of put the ball down when he fell to the ground. Um, so we, we go and score off the back of the next set. So Anthony Seabold fuming after the game, you know, blew up in the press conference, might be able to grab that audio actually. And, um, yeah, just teeing off saying it's the second week in a row that they've had bad decisions go against them and it's cost, cost them their season, etc. So two conversations. The first one is um, it's within the rules. So... The NRL is very different to to union staff. Like in, in union, you know that sort of thing happens, and you're sent off straight away. And even in the year, contact is, you know, you, well, I've you, seen penalties, etc. I remember saying, I think it was Rico Ioane got got given a pass that was very high, and he had to leave the ground to jump up and catch it, and someone yep. tackled him. Yeah. And the tackler got ten minutes because he tackled him in the air. Yeah. And I'm like. Everyone's just going to start jumping. Yep, and I feel like you have seen a little bit more of that um, in union. So in league, that they obviously don't play off that rule. So the only thing you're not allowed to, the only position you're allowed to tackle someone is in the air is when it's a kick. But even then, the NRL had a rule only a couple of years ago. I think it might have changed now, but they had a rule a couple of years ago where if you were an attacking player, you could be tackled in the air in the act of scoring a try. So if you jump up for a ball over the end goal and the defender's there, theoretically he can grab you and tackle you to the ground because you're going for a try. It's this unique. So they didn't really care about the whole tackle in the air thing, other than you know contestable kicks in the field of play. Um, but you know Graham Anzi also made a really good point, and he said, you know, no, most wingers score tries in the corner by jumping five foot in the air, you know, to, to plant the ball down, and they're allowed to be pushed and shoved and shouldered and everything in the air. Like when you go to the air, you make that decision in a way, and I sort of like that. I like that point that he makes. Um, so the first conversation is, you know, it was within the rules. There was nothing wrong with it as per it was a bouncing ball. It wasn't a kick. He jumped into the air. Nickel Klukstar ran through. I also think as well, Chance was lining him up to catch the ball and hit him. Like, so, you know, Chance is running Almost full pace. Instantly. Yep, and saw the ball go in the air, thought it was going to come down. Garrick's going to grab it and he's going to pummel him. Now, Ruben Garrick 
and I'm only, this is only my hypothesis, Ruben Garrick knows he's about to get smashed. He sees Chance running full speed at him and the ball's in the air. So to defend himself, he jumps in the air. I think most players would do that. Knowing they're going to get smashed, they jump in the air. It's similar to when you're coming down, you come down and go straight to ground because you don't want to get smashed by the guy coming in. So I feel like at the last minute, he jumped into the air with his legs tucked and he does tuck his legs. He doesn't just jump with his legs out. He jumps with them tucked into, into his waist. And Chance can't stop. He has nowhere to go. So he runs through him and he falls to the ground. So um, that is how it all played out. It was totally within the rules. People are saying if it was Warriors fans, you'd be blowing up. You'd say it's rigged, it's BS. Well, not if it's within the rules. Conversation number two, should it be within the rules? And the answer is probably no, because it is dangerous. You tackle someone in the air like that, it is dangerous. And... Annesley saying that, you know, guys, because Seabold said the guy got injured. We've got a guy who got injured, couldn't couldn't make up on the next play, and Nia Cordier goes and scores the winning try. And Annesley's response to that was, yeah, but people get injured in all sorts of tackles. You, you, get, you get injured well. in the ruck, you get injured, all that sort of stuff. And I get that. But there are also such things as dangerous tackles, right? Which are shoulders to the head, their elbows, their, you know, their crusher tackles, their cannonball tackles, etc. And in that regard, it was a dangerous tackle. So... Conversation number two is whether or not that rule should probably change. And I think they are thinking about changing. Well, that's well, the story that's come out. Yeah, Vlandis has come out and said rule change uh, in the off-season. So yeah, they're going to... probably. And that that's something I like that the NRL just come in and go, right, we're going to change that, we're going to do that. They do it mid-season, they do it at the start of the season. We saw it with chicken wing tech, chicken wing... What was it? Chicken, chicken wing. There's chicken, chicken wing, wing can, can, um, cannonball. And they just yeah. go, right, from this round on, no, no more of that. Yeah. No more of that. Um, because they don't have a, a, they don't have the equivalent of a world rugby and New Zealand rugby, et cetera. So, yeah. yeah and, so. and, and he had a point, Seabold, in, in saying that, you know, we, we scrutinise under the microscope the crusher tackles, the cannonball tackles, the chicken wing tackles, you know, sometimes for very, very little contact, you know, particularly like crusher tackles. Because I feel like they happen on actually every single play, but they only get called up when a player stays down and holds his neck. Mm. So I do agree with them that that stuff gets scrutinised. Why not a guy who just gets basically levelled horizontally? Um, but, you know, then then are you opening up a can of worms? Like rugby, are you then saying, like, yeah, if you just jump for a ball and you get taken out, you're going to be penalised? But my argument to that is this is really the first case of that this season that we've seen. It's not like this happens all the time. But coaches will look to exploit if they say if you're tackled in the air, whether it's from a kick, a pass, a bounce or whatever, um, it's going to be penalty and potential cards, I just know the Melbourne Storm are going to jump. Whenever there's a defender coming in and they're about to catch brush, you just jump in the air. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, it, it, you know, Manly would have taken two points as well out in front um, and they would have been two points ahead with seven and a half minutes, eight minutes to play. Instead, like I said, we get the ball, we go score through Malata. And apparently it was because Ruben was injured that, you know, he got around him, even though he had absolute wheels out of no... Well, I mean, he's he's quick, he, he can play in the centres, but, gee, he turned the afterburners on, just gassed everyone. Um, so, yeah, look, a, lot of, a lot of controversy there. But outside of that, staff a much better second half from the Warriors who didn't let the Manly Seagulls in once. So, you know, that there was a dodgy... Um, sort of first half hat trick to Jason Saab, the left edge looking a little bit flaky for the Warriors. Jeez, he's fast, that Saab. Saab is, yeah. He's got the, he's got the wow. gazelle legs as well, doesn't he? Um, he just made Montoya look ordinary. Yeah, and and one quick thing on Montoya, because he's getting a lot of flack. In fact, that left edge is really getting um, pulled apart with Pompey and Montoya and people telling, telling Montoya to to um, get benched or cut for this week. And I have sort of two responses to that. The first thing is wingers often get 
heavily, more heavily criticised for their defence when they're not scoring tries. So Dallin, if he didn't play well defensively on the weekend, you probably wouldn't have batted an either because he scored three tries, right? <laughs> Montoya is not getting nearly as good ball as he was under Tamati Martin with Luke Metcalf because Luke Metcalf isn't really a distributor. He's not really a passer. He's a runner. So he's not getting the ball as much on that left-hand edge and he's, he's hardly scored any tries over the last sort of 10 weeks. So because of that, I feel like he gets more scrutinised for his defence. And the other thing as well is that we always talk about people. People blame the wingers and the, the centres for cheating in when the ball goes, you know, getting an overlap on the outside. But it often starts in the middle. So there would have been a middle somewhere who pinched in. And even on one of Saab's tribes, it was Luke Metcalf who made the decision to take the running defender, which meant Pompey had to squeeze, and then Montoya had to try and make a play. So often, I feel like they get a, they get unfair criticism. Not to say that the left edge isn't struggling a little bit, but let's you know let's call the Jets on drop Pompey, drop Montoya. Reset type thing because geez, I needed Montoya to score a try. You did, you absolutely did, as did a few people. I think about a seven leg same game. How much multi? did that pay, by the way? Because you didn't 61. Wow, 61. I had 14 dollars on a 61. You unlucky man, I do feel for you. And yeah, I had a couple of ruined multis over the weekend, but mm. that's the NRL, right? Let's take our last break before the news.